This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather, and we are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you while our fascinating, fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. Well, who am I? Well, I'm the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent, and that's A-S-N-T, And this is something that I'm going to call a cardinal sin. It's my own little teeny tiny pseudo feature. And what I've done is I've taken a popular song and I have changed some words to that song and made it into something different and hopefully somewhat whimsical. So this is now called Steve Bikes Down the Pike. Steve rides gingerly down the pike with his pants pulled way down low. Ain't no sound but the bell of his bike. Knee pads ready to go. Are you ready? Wave. Are you ready for kiss? Are you dangling on that wedge of a seat? Out into traffic, the brake lines rip to the ground in defeat. Steve bikes down the pike. Steve bikes down the pike. Another one down, another on the ground. When Steve bikes down the pike, hey, the pike calls to you because Steve bikes down the pike. Bike a pike, yeah. Bike a pike, yeah. Very well done, sugar. Uh... And I am Professor P. Soup, international rock legend, radiant savant, amateur wildlife photographer, and a brother in the order of the Immaculate Edit. Shit. Well, I just got into town today from the land of the ice and snow. I've been to London, seen seven wonders, California sunlight, sweet Calcutta rain. I am a traveler of both time and space. Hey, lady, you've got the love I need. I don't know what it is I like about you, but I like it a lot. Ah, caught you smiling at me. Let me take you to the movies. Put on your nightshirt with a purple umbrella and a 50-cent hat. For many hours and days that pass ever soon, everybody's trying to tell me that you didn't mean me no good. I don't care what the neighbors say. My love is strong. With you, there is no wrong. But now it's time for me to go. I got a roll. Can't stand still. Made up my mind to make a new start. Take my hand, child. Come with me. That's the way it ought to be. All I need from you is all your love. I can't count the tears of a life with no love. And as we wind on down the road, singing songs till the night turns into day, whatever that your days may bring, I will share your load. You'll be my only, my one and only. We're going to dance and sing in celebration. Oh, the fun to have, to build a dream for me and you. Uh, had to end it somewhere, and I decided that would be where. So, yeah. There it is. That one. Uh, and I was so glad I got to work in there. Um, and as we wind on down the road, singing songs till the night turns into day from their classic Stairway to the Ocean. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that ended up in there. But uh, now, uh, things are a little different, though, here. Not only are we recording in a different location, as we mentioned on Winging It, uh, we're in both studios west. Uh, but we've got the sign, just because we're superstitious, and uh, we're still, it feels like both studios. And wherever we go, like Air Force One with the president, we are at both studios. And the uh, it's different in other ways, because not only did I pick the subject of winging it, but Christina got wise to the fact that she was being worked like an army mule and decided to spread around some of the labor. So I'm doing the heavy lifting this week. Uh, not only had to drive here, but also, didn't have to, of course, but also had to pick the features. And i got to say... It ain't easy being a dictator that I always tell her she is. Uh, it's uh, heavy lies the head that wears the crown, I will say. However, at least you have to do an introduction to bird banter. 
Well, I do think that it's important that, you know, since you give me shit every fucking week, that you got to uh, wear the pants. And as you can see here, what I'm holding is a complete blank in every way. Not even last time did I give you a blank slate. This is a complete blank slate, and I welcome, I want everyone to hear this, any time, including this time, coming right up, for you to uh, act as you say as dictator. My back is breaking. <laughs> I have no, have no problem with it um, at all. So I uh, just want everyone to hear it. Not an eagle, e- eagle. Also not an eagle dictator, but also not an evil dictator. But uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. And winging it was really fun. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely make the time to go back and listen to winging it. What is it? 26 for fuck's sake. Uh, somewhere in that area. Jeez, what I the know this hell? is this is like 34. Yeah. Uh, what's both, up with yeah. that? Holy know, right? shit. Shocking. Um, so what are we going to talk about on bird banter? Well, you know, I was thinking it's coming right up. It's just, it's right around the bend. I'm not happy about it. I'm already starting to feel it. The heat is on and it's coming and it's kicking my ass. I don't know if it's kicking anyone else's ass, but I don't like heat. I don't love summer, but the good news is there are still some classic summer albums out there that hopefully put us in the mood to enjoy summer and also <laughs> help us get into a good mood even if we're pissed off about summer. I have hated summer my entire life. I've oh, always, you too. Yes, I hate summer. always have. And uh, funny feeling, if it's going to be summertime uh, enjoyment albums, I'm going to take a wild guess, go out on a limb, that Pink Floyd is not going to be on this list. Uh, they're on four times. No, they're not. Of course not. <laughs> of course they're not on. And fuck you for that. I got to keep bragging on oh Pink Oh my Floyd. God. I'm just, okay. You know, there are people that are listening and I just want to let you say, let you know that I love Pink Floyd. So uh, it's and, not and, on me. And I say this, not of the usual Christina coercion and the Inquisition or anything, but freely and of my own will, without purpose of evasion, that I do also love Pink Floyd. Well, I will tell you that, uh, you know, you feel that, that I pushed you in the right in, in a direction. And I did push you in the right direction, but had I not, there would be no saving face for you. Mm. So I tried to help you. And I totally received that. Yeah, so uh, even though I get shit about it, still, you know, fair enough. So I can't cover them all because Bird Banter is a short feature. Well, supposed to be feature. supposed to be anyway. supposed to be yeah we're working on that um so one of Brevity the first is the soul ones, of wit you know? <laughs> totally true so tell me what you think of these and i'll give you a little bit of information if you'd like it but 1967 gave us uh, apparently a summer classic the beatles sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band 1967, the so-called summer of love. Yes, indeed. Is it a summery kind of album? You know what? I wasn't. I was six years old that year. Oh, fair enough. So I wasn't thinking in terms of the hippy dippy summer, hate Ashbury, San Francisco kind of deal. But um, I remember it coming out, and it is. It gets you in a mood, at least. It is a very. I don't know about summer, but it's a good one anytime. It's always welcome. I love it. Record. Well, Rolling Stone says. We forget, we overlook the fact that the Beatles invented the summer album as we know it. It kind of arrives in a frenzy of anticipation, blows minds, starts arguments, expands over time. Um, And it was the soundtrack to, as you said, The Summer of Love, along with classics like Hendrix, Are You Experienced, Jefferson Airplane's Surrealistic Pillow, and the debuts from Moby Grape and The Doors. Nice. So we agree. I do think it puts you in a mood. I think it puts you in a place. And, and, you know, if ever anything was going to get me in the mood for summer, I suppose that could probably do it. But I'm not sure. It's a tall fucking order. 
Yeah, if, if anything were going to, it would help. I mean, it, it will get me in the mood to enjoy summer from inside an air-conditioned house. You know? Ex- thank you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Then summer rocks. You know. it, it certainly does. And another 1967 classic because, again, this is, this is the time. The Beach Boys, Wild Honey. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great tune. What do you think of that? Uh, a real rocker. Uh, Beach Boys, of course, obviously. First one that comes to mind when you talk about summer. You know. Well, this one is called All Summer Long. Yeah. They did yeah. in 1964, rather, anyway. So All Summer Long is one they did in 64, Today and Summer Days in 1965. <laughs> so, And then they did the more downbeat pet sounds in 1966. But Wild Honey is where they really capture... The grinny, beer-soaked California sand under your feet thing, even if it was released in 1967. So um, they kind of also kind of co-invented the summer sort of sound. Oh, yeah. I mean, they with a name like the Beach Boys, if they didn't, I'd be pretty pissed. I'd be like, well, I feel like I got totally shortchanged. Yeah, what are the Beach Boys supposed to sing about? Although I mean, they're, they're much better than their name might imply, honestly. And um, we they, talked about their name being kind of a, a yeah, lame kind of, it, Well, it's no indication. It really isn't. It doesn't have the gravitas it should. But no. um, is that I didn't know All Summer Long was 1964. Maybe that's why it got dropped from the American Graffiti soundtrack because it's in the movie. It's over the over the closing credits. Yeah, because it wasn't wasn't out there. It wasn't yeah. out yet. I that, think you're right. If they're being authentic, they have to be. Yeah, but mindful. it was in the movie though. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they give you all this heavy shit in the, and then uh, right at the end tell you what happened to everybody and then dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun yes. I mean. <laughs> yes, and I always watch the end. I don't know why. I I know what fucking happens to those people, but I always watch the whole end. Is that weird? I'm seen that movie in ages that even seems weirder but, oh god uh, yeah. that does seem weird i yeah. don't know what's going on with that i have a soundtrack but i have not seen the movie it's great in a soundtrack long, long yeah well, baby the wolf man this one now we're gonna kind of continue through the 70s and even into the 80s a little bit this one i'm wondering how familiar you are with it i love this album but i love this this particular artist in 1973 brought us al green's call me album and it is said that this is the, quote, ultimate summer soul steam bath from way down in Memphis. Really? So there is nothing quite like a little Al Green. Um, he's got, uh, it, says, <laughs> it says he's flexing his panty pillar vocals all over Call Me, You Ought to Be With Me, and Have You Been Making Out Okay? And then he reaches up for that falsetto growl at the end of Your Love is Like the Morning Sun. And it's like he's bringing down the sugar walls of Jericho. So for me, you know, Al Green, I don't know if I think of him as summer, but this is kind of like, uh, I guess, kind of lovemaking music, a little a little uh, romp music, you know. So I guess that is a little bit summer, but it does. it's not the same summer. I guess it doesn't hit me the same way the other two albums do. What do you say? No, to me, the only difference in between any season of the year would be like, okay, well, it's it's music for you're in an apartment making out. Okay, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, so what, is the air conditioning on? Is the heat on? That's the only real difference. That's true. You know, you're not the, the weather outside is utterly irrelevant. You know, it's not so, frightful though. Yeah, it's it's not for well. The fire is delightful <laughs> if it is. True, you know. Yes, it uh, you know it it's definitely I don't get the summer connection at all. I mean, it's good stuff, but uh, I think if you're having a. a Hot, sticky, sex summer, then yeah, maybe this works out yeah, for you. But like I said, winter's just as good. <laughs> sex nicer, anytime is nicer, fine. Kind of nicer than you, I seem to recall. So uh, this one is, uh, I, I again, I'm not feeling the summer in this one, uh, but I have a feeling you're going to disagree. Kiss Alive. 
and generations of American parking lot party commandos have sneaked their first cigarettes and cold gin cocktails into this trash rock opus. And what makes it a perfect summer album? Well, Paul Stanley handles that question. He says, you know, it's always getting so hot outside. You always need something to cool you off. There's got to be some people here who like to drink tequila. In an introduction to the song, Cold Gin. That is absolutely right. Kiss Alive is, of course, you know, the, the funny thing about that is all the Kiss naysayers who are so chic that they hate Kiss and everything, they all clap their hands over their filthy sewer holes when you mention Kiss Alive because everybody knows it's a great live album. Uh, summer, actually, I don't, I don't see it. To me, it's more of a f- an autumn album. For some reason, it seems... Uh, I, well, <laughs> that's because, very specific. I like it. I associate it with autumn. That's just me, because I, I was listening to it That's you know, when I first got it. And, you know, just a, a nice deciduous where the trees decide to drop their leaves. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I remember. It's a very memory nice. trick. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> uh, New York fall day, and uh, you're cranking your new Kiss record, and uh, life is just about perfect. Um, it isn't summery like the Beach Boys, certainly not, but it would be a lot of fun in the summer. Let me go rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. It would be fun in the summer just as much, but doesn't specifically call up summer to me, but uh, quite like I associate Sgt. Pepper's or the Beach Boys, but anything else? Yeah, this doesn't do anything summer-wise for me. It doesn't do anything for me, really. But as far as summer goes, it's it's, it's not... Folks, don't be like Christina. She doesn't like Kiss. She doesn't like Godzilla. She's basically too cool to have fun, so... (laughs) I'm going to leave that one because all of you all know who he bags on all the time, the most amazing bands in the world he bags on. So we're just going to move on from that. But yeah, I mean, the Kiss thing uh, just, it, it, you know, bypassed me and continues to do so. And I'm okay with that. But either way, you know, when I've heard um, songs from this album, I don't, I don't get summer. I do get partying. So that's cool. But that's kind of Kiss. They're kind of party band kind of feel. So I guess that could be something you think about with summer is partying. You know, you're cranking stuff up, you're partying, you're hot. See, what it would do for me is it would just add to my irritation to have this on. I'm <laughs> no, already hot and, I'm I'm hot and then too. I have to hear this shit. I would just be like, fuck my life. It, what it, have I done? It would be a consolation to me in the misery that is summer that I've always hated to yes. hear some, some fine, fine music. Yeah. You wanted the best, yeah, If, you if, if the there best. was fine music, yes, I would like to hear that. But in this case, I would just want to claw my ears out and tear off my skin at right the same in. time right in kiss army yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah go ahead and write in see if that fucking helps it's not gonna help but yeah summer album not so much well what about this one so 1984 brought us prince and the revolution's purple rain well there's no contest over the number one spot right purple rain is the summer album of all summer albums the peak of the purple pyramid the blood and thunder blockbuster all hot weather pretenders have tried to match ever since and in 1984, it was already a hit-packed pop radio orgy of historic proportions. But then he topped it off with Wind Doves crying, just kept rolling with Let's Go Crazy, I Would Die For You. And it just kept going. And if you get too hot, you can always fucking jump into Lake Minnetonka and purify your soul real quick. So I really feel like this is definitely a summer album without the Beach Boy feel, but it's a summer album. It is all about you know, sex, debauchery, excess. It's about all of those things. And to me, that is kind of a summary thing too. And this is one of those things, unlike Kiss Alive, that would probably make it okay that it's fucking hot outside. (laughs) 
It's a, we were talking a little bit about this album on Winging It uh, yes. last. It is uh, obviously such a classic. We've had some fun about the movie before, sure. <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> we might have uh, <laughs> had a little fun at the expense of the movie, but yeah, I, I can totally see it with this one. I never thought about it like that before, but now that you say it, it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So there are so many more, but we just covered five because this is supposed to be 10 minutes and not 45 minutes, so... <laughs> <laughs> trying Well, to... would 45 minutes uh, mean that I would never have to do the next feature? No. Oh. Well, in no. that case, we might as well cut it. Down. Might as well cut on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. <laughs> well, no, that's not a good idea. Already. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So we're talking what? Theme recap, are we? We are. Theme recap. All right. The uh, As you know, every episode we have some sort of a theme or another, but it's a free bird in this case. So... Still rocking the free bird. Still rocking the free bird, gonna, as long as it's metal. So basically, whether it's about Dungeons, Dragons, or your dick, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy metal is... That's a, really what it's about, those somebody, three things. I'm just, I'm paraphrasing. Somebody so actually true. said that once. You know, it's, or it's they like, say it's violent. It's Ronnie what? James. I mean, does Ronnie James D almost laugh when he hears that? Yeah. <laughs> Circles and rings, dragons and kings, you know. Yes. Uh, a genre of rock that developed in the late 60s and early 70s and is rooted in blues, psychedelic, and acid rock. It's a massive sound whose ha- uh, hallmarks are distortion and mind-bending solos. Yeah, that's fair enough. And uh, also uh, uh, super uh, super soprano, shrieky, uh, falsetto vocals are, are quite common. It depends on quite the group. Quite common. To, except not in the case of one of the examples, Metallica, Iron Maiden, yeah, Ozzy, yeah, uh, Ma- Black Sabbath, yeah, Judas Priest, yep, Dio, Motorhead, ACDC. I don't think of ACDC as metal. In fact, I was going to say that later on. But Well, many uh, people disagree with you. I know, I know. It's, to me, it's hard rock, but... Yeah, the the rest kind of uh, yeah, it kind of does fit. And you know, neither of us are strangers to the old uh, the old uh, metal thing. I mean, love metal. We do not only do we love it and listen to it, but we we do music that some would categorize as metal. As if they if they would call ACDC metal, they would call us metal. Well, some of I the don't stuff know. We I do. think we complement metal. I don't know if I would call us metal, but you know what? If you call us metal, we're in. If you call us goth, we're in. If you call us pop, we're in. If you call us prog, we're in. Whatever you want, just love our music. That's what we want, right, David? Isn't that what we want at the end of the day? Yeah, exactly. It is. Uh, it's a matter of it's a matter of perception, and uh, I can see. I wouldn't mind being called that at least part time. Now we did a Freebird metal before, and uh, on that one, I, I just casually tossed off the phrase "metal up your ass." Oh no, Muya! Here we are again. Muya is back. And, and I explained at the time that I didn't make that up, although it would be my life's proudest achievement if I had. Oh, uh, no. I saw it on That a, would be your life's <laughs> proudest achievement? I, yeah, I would at least I'm Very something concerned. to put on my epitaph. You know, I'm a, an epitaph to put on my stone. Wow. That would be better than anything else I've done in life. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're setting the bar a little low, aren't you, David? We've got to work on that. But um, actually, uh, I, explained, I had seen it on a T-shirt. It was a Metallica T-shirt. It said, metal up your ass. And there was a, a picture of a toilet with an arm with a knife coming up out from it, kind of like the Ghoulies uh, movie poster and everything. I was hoping this time around we might skip that whole well, thing. Well, there's a no, reason. Well, is. there's an update. There's, just like any responsible uh, journalist oh, or, or uh, per, radio personalities, there is an update. I actually found out this story. I don't know it to be factual, but I hope it is. It's one of those things you want to be true. A great urban legend about metal up your ass. Supposedly, that's what they wanted to call the first album. And uh, the lawyers said no, to which one of them quipped, Kill them all. 
uh, meaning the lawyers. And they thought, okay, we can't call it metal up your ass. Let's call it kill them all. Even better. And you know, and that's less that's, violent. No, but yeah, it's a great title. The cover, well, the cover is real charming. Yeah, it's super a, it's charming. A great, great very cover. light. Very light. It's a great title anyway, and it's of course it's part of a, an old. Uh, thing people used to say, an old uh, saw, kill them all, let God sort them out. It's something you would also see on a t-shirt, like metal up your ass. But anyway, I just, I do hope that's true. It's a little update there. I didn't make that up. It's, uh, mm, it's attached right. to Metallica. If I never heard Muya again, I'd be good. Muya, baby. Let's, all right, let's do it. I heard it. it again. Damn. Oh. Still you. Still me. Still oh, you. That's what it says here on the paper. Well. All right. That brings us to the feature that we have always called in the past and see no reason to not continue to do so. Hell yes or oh hell no, only this time it's a versus. The results. Of course, this uh, thankfully, well, not, it's not that we keep our pie holes shut on this one. We do weigh in. However, we want to know for once what you think. And this time out, it's bands we have discussed a number of times in uh, various settings. Metallica versus Iron Maiden. And there was nothing. Uh, everybody, nobody would decide. Nobody has any guts. Nobody will take a stand in this world anymore. That's the problem with the world today, says the old curmudgeon. Everybody said both, both, both. So disappointing. Nobody would. Well, I'll break the tie. I'll okay. break the fucking break tie fucking all day tie. long. Okay. For me, it's going to have to be Metallica. Now, admittedly, I've known them better for longer. A lot more of their material. Pretty much all of it, actually. But um, I, Iron Maiden had mostly escaped me. Just a couple of things here and there. Now, last time we talked about them... Uh, I believe Bruce put together a playlist for me. He did. And it was really good. And I I developed a huge uh, increase in respect for Iron Maiden. But I would still, I'm still going to take Metallica any day. Different, apples, orange, blah, blah, blah. But I'm still going to take Metallica. To me, it's not even an easy choice. What about you, Pumpkin? Well, you know, I have to say, I do like Iron Maiden a lot. I've become more of a fan as the years go on. Um, You know, while I grew up with Metallica, you know, I was introduced to them when I was in like seventh grade by a hot guy. Of course, isn't that always how it happens? Isn't that how all of you out there (laughs) were introduced to Metallica by some hot guy? Didn't didn't happen that way for me. No? Okay. No hot guy for you? Sorry. Um, Well, then I just got lucky, I guess. Um, And uh, so I definitely am very familiar with their music and I familiarized myself with Iron Maiden. And I will say, really do love them. I think that for me, Metallica has more that I like, more of the sound I like, more of the the vocal sound that I like, just for metal. For some reason, they just hit all the marks for me. So I have to I have to pick Metallica too. I understand that there was an issue in picking one or the other, but for fuck's sake, people, you must come on. You must. It's it's not like we're talking about your children or anything. I mean, okay, right. we're, you it's must not a favor Sophie's one choice sli- moment. <laughs> yeah. You must favor one over the other slightly. Come, Come on. on. Yeah. Desert I mean, Island, okay? Exactly. Let's you're go there. Desert okay? Island, which one are you going to fucking take with you? Yep. You can't take both, bitches. You can't take both. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with that, although, you know, I appreciate people weighed in. I'm yes, like, we're not trying. Really? Yes, we do appreciate that. Okay, so time for our first artist, and this one is Ramage Inc. And the song is By the Wayside. Now, I happened upon this amazing band in early 2020. And I've been enjoying their entire catalog ever since. I love the Eddie Van Halen style intro that is accessible and leads you to believe you're going to have a safe and easy ride. And shortly after it begins, you realize that you're in a fiery, chaotic, and dark place where commanding and disturbing chants and screams comprise the soundscape. However, the vocalist melodically implores you to go to the place where your dreams become reality. Now you're aware 
within the darkness of the track that there is a bright light. This is an incredible display of musicianship, prog sensibility, emotion, and inspiration. By the wayside.
All right, that was Ramage Inc. with By the Wayside. Now, I have to mention that Ramage, when I happily found them in 2020, I also turned them over to what at the time was our sister show, Butterflies and Hurricanes. And they can be, that interview can be found on episode 128 from May 2020. I encourage you to listen to it. It was a great interview by an amazing band. And they call themselves the best kept secret in Scotland. Um, again, they're amazing metal, progressive rock, and find them on Facebook at Ramage. That's R A M A G E I N C. What you know, you're doing so. You're on such a roll. You're doing so good. Why don't you just keep going? Keep going with what? Oh uh, God! <laughs> Fuck you! Oh, oh, all right. Well, we could do we could do it according to by the book, I Why guess. Don't uh, we? If you're going to be that way about it. All right, and this one is called No Egrets. There's a bird you probably actually even heard of. No egrets, <laughs> albums we love. For this feature, we share albums we love. Why? And the indelible impact it had or has on our lives. And, you know, when you first came up with this feature, I could relate to it because uh, back in the day, kiddos, you couldn't just listen to every record you wanted to hear uh, uh, before you buy it or if you ever decided to buy it, okay? Uh, you will. You're, this generation will never know the regret of buying a record that sucked because you heard one song on TV <laughs> or on the radio that you liked, or on MTV. There are no more pigs in the proverbial pokes. Okay, you can uh, hear, no mystery anymore. But uh, there was a chance for regret uh, back in the day, and some impulse uh, buying based on album covers or reviews or something like that, or the strength of one song. But uh, this was not one of those times where there was any regret at all. Or we would not be doing it in the feature. Uh, for a year or so, back 1975 was the time. Yes, 1975. For a year or so, I'd been seeing these really awesome-looking pictures of a group called Queen, uh, but nobody was really playing them. It wasn't until the epically eccentric Bohemian Rhapsody that DJs started to get behind this band where I was. And we grade school rockers just about lost our shit when we heard it, too. So I went out to pick up the album, but this No Egrets is not about a night at the opera because it was sold out. What the record store did have was the previous album, their third, Sheer Heart Attack. So that's the No Egrets album tonight. And as the song says, just one look. That's all it took. The jarring bravado of that incredible title was paired with one of, one of the most arresting album covers in history, to my way of thinking. On it, the band seems stacked around in a circle, sweating profusely and in varying stages of shock or catatonia. I mean, it just grabs you. It was making big promises just with its presentation of itself. Uh, for a body of work to live up to such a grandiose title and that imagery, it would have to pack a real wallop but also be wildly unpredictable. But straight out of the gate, Queen makes you believe the hype. Guitarist Brian May's Brighton Rock begins with carnival music on a seaside holiday when his guitar comes slashing in and the entire band takes off at a, a mad gallop, over which Freddie Mercury's singing falsetto. So 15 seconds in, you're already thinking, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And then after the verses, I heard it for the first time. The Queen Harmonic Tsunami. And it's been a cause for stinging eyes and goosebumps and rapture ever since then, since I heard it. Uh, even when uh, applied to the most dunderheaded lyrics about fat-bottomed girls, it's <laughs> years later, it still shocks you to the core when you hear it. It, it mesmerizes you. Uh, I can experience it from memories. Huh? Oh, rock of ages, do not crumble. Love is breathing still, they sang. And that leads to a lengthy instrumental section that starts with a punchy, erratic hard rock and leads to a Brian May guitar Echo Exploration, and that would become a concert staple throughout their entire career. 
And then uh, after another verse, the song concludes with a tornado guitar riff and a dead stop that kind of leaves you feeling like a crash test dummy, just absolutely mm-hmm. smashed. And then with a little finger-snapping intro, the change really comes. The change from the relatively consistent progressive hard rock with darker ballads that defined the first couple albums, Killer Queen, which brought the band quite a bit of attention and acclaim around that time, is just pure vaudeville music hall gold. And then drummer Roger Taylor sings the song he wrote, taking us to the uh, urban jungle in the moody and brilliantly titled Tenement Funster. I (laughs) just love that. Me too. Give me a good guitar and you can say that my hair is a disgrace, the narrator sings. Jeez, this guy know how to make a deal or what? You know, <laughs> I'll take that one. I mean, you should see my freaking hair now. You know, Brian May once again working at his guitar echo machine on that track as Taylor's protagonist, young, poor, crazy, and without a good guitar, evidently, still gets them lining up down at Smokey's when his group gets up to rock. And then a classic Queen segue: Baroque style piano, banging, and electric guitar wails into flick of the wrist a mm. dense and menacing audio forest through which brian may's guitar slithers like a deadly viper you know and at first blush it appears to be about a really sinister interrogation but when you actually read the lyrics on paper it's more about manipulation and exploitation by record label people mm. phrases like seduce you with his money make machine and reduce you to a muzak fake machine Damn. and then the last goodbye it's a ripoff it's actually kind of a relief when you see it like that because it sounds really scary before uh freddie mercury foreshadowing his own song death on two legs from their very next album perhaps another little musical mini tie takes you directly into a gorgeous ballad called lily of the valley in which Freddie not only makes lyrical references to his own song, The Seven Seas of Rye from Queen 2, but also Shakespeare's Richard III. <laughs> yes. Pure class. The showstopper that rounds outside one is Brian May's Now I'm Here, beginning with a chunky guitar leading to some fun, exhilarating monster riffs and classic retro rockabilly solos and even a nod to Chuck Berry as the song fades out and the band sings Go, 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 Little Queenie. Uh, This would also become a concert standard during which Freddie would playfully bait the audience with the call and response challenges. That's usually you'd find that during Now I'm Here. Uh, Down in the city, just Hoople and me, the lyric says, a reference to their opening spot with Martha Hoople Mm -hmm. in 74, who recorded some of their live album on the Broadway uh, gigs with uh, Queen and would later reference it in their own song, Saturday Gigs. Uh, Side 2 begins with In the Lap of the Gods, uh, the lyrics of which are really quite tender, but the bizarre, phased-out vocal gives it a sort of a feel of a pean of love from the Frankenstein monster. (laughs) It's true. It's very bizarre. It is. is. And totally unexpected. It's arresting. It is. It is. It's like, wow. I live my (laughs) life for you. It's like, whoa. It's really sweet, but it's uh, a little creepy. Uh, and uh, ending with another piano guitar tie, but a much edgier one. And fittingly so, because then we launch into Stone Cold Crazy, which is regarded by many as the birth of thrash metal. And it certainly inspired the uh, Metallica boys, because they covered it years later. Next up from the pen of Brian May and the voice of Freddie Mercury is a divine little ballad called Dear Friends. Two verses, no bridge or chorus, just simple perfection. The first verse is kind of... Melancholy, uh, but the second is so full of hope it, it can't feel you uh, can't help but to leave you feeling kind of misty. And after that, a real treat. We get the first song written solely by John Deacon, Queen's non-singing bass wizard, who would go on to write such 
obscure, forgettable deep cuts as You're My Best Friend, Another One Bites the Dust, you know, I Want to Break Free. Probably never heard of any of those. Uh, yes, this is the first from Queen's Hit Machine. It's a bouncy, joyful, acoustic guitar-driven pleasure cruise. Next up after that comes a piece of turbocharged bluegrass from Freddie called Bring Back That Leroy Brown, complete with upright bass, banjo, Ain't no half-stepping on this one. Uh, this rollicking little blast tells the story of a man with no common sense, no brains, but a lot of style. Okay, he so he has his life threatened publicly with a shotgun by an irate mother, but unlike Jim Croce's bad, bad Leroy Brown, our guy survives and goes on to get himself elected president. Uh, yeah, no way was anybody seeing that one coming. And the uh, super camp offerings from Freddie Mercury would continue on the next couple of records with songs like Seaside Rendezvous and Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy. And I love that stuff, you know. And next they take it down to a dreamy, drowsy, very simple number from Brian May. Only the second he sang in the entire history of the band so far, although he would begin to sing many more, called She Makes Me, subtitled Stormtrooper in Stilettos. Uh, the brilliant composer, guitar ace, uh, astrophysicist and whatnot is in full submissive mode here to some goddess or other. And the protracted outro gets pretty weird with silence wailing, bonkers drumming, and a lot of uh, heavy breathing. Uh, but all great things must come to an end, and Sheer Heart Attack wraps up in a spectacular fashion with In the Lap of the Gods Revisited, which bears no resemblance to the song that started the side. The lyric and the vocal are vulnerable and yet so defiant and resolute leaving to one of the greatest arena anthem lighter swaying choruses ever committed to record. And really, I think it out-champions We Are The Champions any day. And for a song like that, an album like that, I guess a fade-out would never do, so it resolves with an abrupt avalanche of sound as of a mountain collapsing on top of the listener, which is kind of what it feels like hearing this for the first time. They set out to make an undefinable epic masterpiece with A Night at the Opera, and if you saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody... Uh, but I think they had already done that, and even somewhat better the previous year with this album, Sheer Heart Attack. So if you don't know much about this band, I think this is the Queen record I would recommend. You know, it's uh, Sheer Heart Attack is Queen's crowning glory, if you'll forgive this humble tenement punster. Any thoughts about that record? You seem to know it well. Well, like you said earlier in the show, people aren't going to go buy a whole album based on that one song anymore because they don't have to. They'll mm-hmm. just listen to the song. But that is where I think people miss out because this particular album has so much to offer um, with the things that aren't radio cuts. You know, the things that, that aren't just yeah, you know, popular, be, yeah. right? That's where you really get to see Queen do their whole thing. And yeah, the record record company would never have been okay releasing some of those, but that doesn't mean they're not worth listening to and that they won't, you know, get under your skin and become part of your life. And that's the thing that kills me about people not listening to full albums anymore mm. because that's what we did. If you bought it... <laughs> yeah, you're sure going to listen to it. You're going to listen to it. And one of the things I really like is when I saw Queen live uh, because they are still touring even without Freddie Mercury is they played some of those lesser known tracks. And I think a lot of people got exposed to them for the very first time, which is sad, but also kind of indicative of, of the world today where we can Spotify everything and and, uh, you know, it's all at our fingertips. So there is nothing uh, nothing ventured and nothing gained in that way from an album perspective. So um, now that vinyl's back, I'm hoping people will 
you know, say, gosh, I love Queen. I want to collect them all and just start to listen to them. And they are, too, yeah. I mean, they're starting to do it. They're getting records, but are they getting records to say, I'm cool, I have a record, are they listening to them? The records, we have a whole bunch of records, we listen to them. So hopefully that's what people do, and we do listen to them from beginning to end. So, again, I I think everything you said, you definitely more than covered um, the brilliance of this album uh, that really gives us a glimpse into how amazing Queen is. And I hope more people, after hearing some of what you had to say, do give this amazing album a chance and don't just go for the popular tracks. Yeah, albums are you know defined bodies of work. I think the best thing you can do is listen to from beginning to end, unless, of course, it's the White Album, in which case uh, the Beatles' White Album, you want to skip Revolution 9. That's just a waste of your life's too short for that kind of thing. But beyond that, yeah, listen to records all the way through. And, well, happy day. That seems to lead you to a song and a feature. Well, just about time my poor old throat was about to give out. Yes, I will make both of them fast. The first one is a great artist that has become a house band. Uh, But I can't have a metal segment without including them. I just can't do it. And, you know, our submissions, unfortunately, were not mostly in the metal realm. They were in the hard rock or the rock realm, but they did not cross over to the metal threshold. So I had to uh, look to some of our old favorites. And this one, though a house band, this is a different song. So I'm talking about Reason to Fine. They have a song called Kingdom, which I'd never heard before. They are from Charlotte, North Carolina, and they're an all-female hard rock metal band. Now, this all-female alternative rock band checks, alternative rock and metal, really, checks every box for what a band should be. Powerful vocals, haunting, intense, and urgent harmonies push the vocal component of this ensemble to another level. And the melodies are just reminiscent of musical giants and draw you in then they take over and continue an audio assault that pushes boundaries just enough within the per with the perfect amount of well-spaced growling i love it when there's a well-placed growl too much is too much but this is perfect there is enough space that every instrument and the melody can enjoy their moment in the spotlight this is kingdom
All right, you can find Reason Define <laughs> on www.reasondefine.com. So I was assigned this next feature, and this next feature is called Hawking Their Wares, a newer feature for us. And what we do here is discuss bands and artists that license their music to sell products. And did they sell it or was it a perfect pairing? Well, we all know that I have very strong opinions about using one's music in advertising, unless it's that kind of a song. Like I said before, I'm going to give you Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, perfect opportunity to use a song for commercial purpose. For, for just about anything. Unlike, exactly. Unlike Sasson says so much. You know? I mean, it's a weird it's a, it's a weird situation there. I mean, ah, you know, I get that it's close as far as the word goes, but not really working. So, you know, I went for a band who actually is against hawking their wares, but their wares were hawked anyway. And I'm talking about the Beatles. Because they did not own their own catalog, mm-hmm. which is heartbreaking and gross. I can't even handle that. But their music was used, famously, in the Nike commercial because Nike had a sneaker called Revolution in Motion. And so, of course, they wanted to use the Beatles' Revolution. Now, the other thing about the Beatles is they said, look, if you're going to use our track, just don't use the real track. Have somebody else do a cover of it, uh-huh. do that kind of thing. Well... That was not the deal that Michael Jackson made. Michael Ooh. Jackson said, okay, $500,000 and you can use the real track. So the actual Beatles track was used in a Nike commercial, which was just, it blew minds and obviously upset the Beatles, who are vehemently against this whole thing. And I am with them on that. And um, they were trying to stop it. So there actually was a lawsuit. I don't remember the results of the lawsuit, but obviously it's still out there. And during the whole lawsuit, they still got to use this track in this commercial even though the Beatles were like hell no and um, the good news is though I can say for the Beatles that it's well not for the Beatles I can say for Michael Jackson it sold a ton more of that album right with the song Revolution on it because now people are like oh shit I love that song so that was one thing their music was also used in a Target commercial how crazy is that the song is Hello Goodbye and it wasn't performed by the Beatles per their Please don't do that. It was performed by somebody named Sophia Shorey or Shorai and Alan Clapp of the Orange Pills. And it's not a great version and it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it's basically, you know, they're showing different, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, like the Clorox bleach pen. Like, what does that have to do with the fucking song? Yeah. So it just, it's painful because... They're just trying to sell their products by using somebody's music. There's no bearing at all on what they were showing um, and the song. It had There's no correlation at all. And Cole's also used All Together Now that was performed by somebody we don't know, but a horrible version of this again. It made no sense. I mean, even if it's a bunch of people, like they bought barbecues and shit, and they're having a big fucking barbecue, please don't use All Together Now. <laughs> please don't do that. There's a but walking on sunshine's available. Use that go. shit. You, you know, I mean, what are we doing? So uh, very upsetting. And then we go on to talk about sun chips. Oh no sun way! Chips no way. They used Good Day Sunshine, <laughs> and it was performed. They didn't by, say Good Day Sun Chips, please. No, oh, thank. But God. it was performed by Carly Simon, 
who also helped just completely and totally do something that the Beatles hated. So she performed a Good Day Sunshine for a Sun Chips commercial. So no thanks way. for that, Carly Simon. And of all the hippy dippies you wouldn't think you would think would not do that. Maybe. Well, they must have paid her a pretty penny. And Philips Electronics got did the getting better. Obviously, as we know, we all believe it's getting better, right? Performed by Gomez. And I remember that. I remember seeing that commercial, but I didn't know that it was the Beatles. So it didn't bother me. When I got older, I was like, well, why would you use that in there? And I get that things are getting better with yeah. Philips Electronics, but really, that's not what they were talking about. Again, Walking on Sunshine's available. I just just use it. Even, even get We Built This City. Do something. Yeah, you know, that that's out there. That's out there. It's available. That's a good jingle. <laughs> you know, and then finally, Lincoln Mercury used help, and it was performed by a tribute band. I can't even handle this. I cannot handle the fact that this band, number one, didn't have control of their catalog, and they were completely sold out, but the fact that the band did not want to do this, they hate this. This is not their thing, and yet here are six of their songs used in commercials without their permission and those are out there forever i'm not sure about revolution but the fact is i don't care if you have a a a sneaker called revolution that song is a very serious ass song it's a very important song and it's an impactful song it's not a song about shoes so i'm just over this shit i hate hawking their wares i'm not a fan i don't understand it Especially if you're an artist, unless you're walking on sunshine or we built this city and no one gives a shit anyway, and they're benign, don't do this, especially against the will of the artist. So pissed at Michael Jackson for that forever, (laughs) as I'm sure are the Beatles. And Carly Simon. Well, Hello Goodbye is at least slightly more frivolous of a song. Well, considerably more frivolous of a song. And it elicits a good feeling. And you imagine, well, you know what? I'm going to feel as good... If I buy bleach, as this song makes me. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I know. I mean, it, that's it, what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. It's just awful. I and just, uh, getting better. It's like, oh, people go listen to the song. Oh, it's a, oh, I stopped beating my woman. Well, that's a, gra- that's a great thing. So <laughs> it's a good song to use. It's just a mm-hmm. very weird thing because I don't, I don't understand why as an artist, and I don't, I don't care if you want to make a bunch of money, why, why would you make art and then disrespect the art by, by putting it in a commercial that has nothing to do with the song? I mean, you know, at least with Sarah McLaughlin, she used the, you know, in the arms of an angel, like I mentioned before, oh, for those animals. That yes. makes sense. If you're going to hawk your wares, donate that stuff to where it really is going to be impactful. But when you hear that song and you see those those puppy and kitty eyes, you want to break out the checkbook. I do. So I, I want to cry. That justifies it right there. So, yeah, hawking their wares is not something that I am a proponent of. I don't get it. I mean, I get if you, you know, if you're licensing it for a movie where it's an impactful moment in a movie, I totally get that. And it especially adds to the movie because of the intensity of your song. But I don't understand putting your shit in a commercial. It just ruins it for me as as your consumer. And I think it's a bad idea. And it bothers me. I just it, it just it just diminishes the art to me. And I don't care what kind of band you are. So far, we have not heard a really fitting uh, application of the hawking the wares. So uh, so far, it's kind of a strikeout. We had two lame examples. I think it's all sellout. I mean, obviously the Beatles didn't sell out, but Michael Jackson sold them out. Yeah. Well. All right. I was about to say there's another time for another feature, but it isn't. It's time for another house band. Uh, another <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but they deserve to be. They okay. do. You know our love here and at Butterflies and Hurricanes for Leona X, and we've, you've heard her fascinating 
uh, origin story of starting Jaggedy Ann and all the thrilling things that happened around there. We've played her a bunch of times. I considered her to be an awesome hard rock writer, guitarist, vocalist, etc. But this song just took off in another dimension altogether. This is yeah, Leona. we had to have discussions about yeah, this song. Yeah, we actually song. discussed this song before. Yes. I, 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 prom- I suggested this. I said, hey, we're going to do a metal show soon. Let's play this track from Leona. And she said, I think it could go on the Prague show, too. And it occurred to me... I also had a I love Leona X moment. That's right. Uh, that it is both Prague and metal, and neither of those really uh, characterize yeah, anything her. that she has done before yeah. much. Well, she was inspired to pick up the guitar by... Uh, S, Gibson SG hero Angus Young of ACDC and uh, she's sounded like him only better in the writing department uh, for some years now uh, and now however she seems to be channeling the other SG goat Mr. Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath and uh, more power to her for that it's uh, fantastic it starts off with a just a beautiful a thing of beauty doom riff but it doesn't last long it's not a slow doomy song at all it picks up and slam, 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 and begins to chunka, 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 along like Children of the Grave, only, oh, with so much more, so much more depth, so much more soul, and a uh, fantastic, downright beautiful vocal from Leona, I gotta say. It's a terrific vocal. For many years, she didn't sing. She was writing and playing in a band with other vocalists, and now, thank God she's at the mic now. She's doing a hell of a job, and little trivia here, Leona was the first artist I ever saw at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and uh, it was just a great, great night. And uh, but this is a whole new bag, and it's like I said, it is metal. It's prog. It's uh, and the it is also attended by a striking video. And I haven't been able to come across a lyric sheet or read any of that. But it's obviously ripe with earth spirituality, and as uh, stunning for the eye as it is about to be for the ear. Here's Leona X with "I'm Alive."
All right, coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, Leona X on a live. And you can find Leona at Leona X Band, just like it sounds on Facebook. And as always, we would <laughs> heartily encourage you to do so. Absolutely. Well, it is that moment. So we're going back and forth, as you may have noticed, between various songbirds and hummingbirds verses. So this time it is a hummingbirds verses. So for this feature, we hum songs and see if the other person can guess the song in a head-to-head battle. And it looks like you start this time. Do I now? I'm so worried. I All seem right. to suck at both of these games. You know, you, no, well, actually, Virius, I'm glad we're doing this one because, honestly, I'm having to step up to the plate and do, put, put in some work on the show. I had to <laughs> figure out the features and do winging it. I mean, I'm, I'm pooped. Yeah, I okay? mean, yeah, you're what tired. I say? Too pooped to pop. But, okay, so, however, what I, I know it's not nice to say I don't want to hear it, but I don't want to hear that you don't know this song. Um, I get this I can every week. foresee... I can foresee you whining like a rusty hinge about this one. <laughs> oh, fuck you already. <laughs> but it's just, uh, I could be wrong. That's my prognostication. But it's uh, not very nice. No, no, I just, yeah. all right, you're hardly going, complimentary. You're going to fuss over this one. You're going to say, well, how am I supposed to know that? Okay. But, okay, I know for a fact you know the song. Now, you're not that familiar with the act itself, I will grant. Oh, shit. But the song, you, all you have to do is name the song and the artist. That's all you have to do. All right. And we have sung it with alternate lyrics, jokingly. I have in your, I have mm. in your presence. And uh, mm. I've played it in your presence, too. So many hints. Yeah. So, I mean, it, they're not exactly hints, but it's like, but it's basically hints. disclaimers that you're going to know the song, I think. And now, the question is, hinge, blah, blah, humming blah. the melody is, uh, see if I can do that, Grace. You oh, the la, la, the la, la, the la, la. The la, la's. <laughs> Okay, here goes. La 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 la. La 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 la. Living in America. La 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 la. Uh oh, here it comes. I darn, I thought she would get this one for sure. Keep going, keep going. Okay. Maybe I will. La 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 la. We've added snapping to it. La 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 la. La la la. La, 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 la. Oh, oh, that last part got me. La, 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 Fuck. La, 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 Oh, sorry. I I tried to make it easy you for you. You said you don't even want to hear it, so I'm not saying anything. <laughs> She's a beauty, the tubes. Oh, fuck me. Well, I know that song. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I swear. I was like, okay. One in a million girls, you know. So. One in a million girls. All right, repay me oh, in kind. Shit. That's fine. All right, well, we'll see if I can accomplish the giving it to you in kind. All right, are you ready? I am ready. La 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 And then I'll go to la 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 la
Ah, see, see. Now, when you get there, I'm going along thinking, "Oh yeah, which Steve Perry song is this?" You know, <laughs> I swear oh, I was. Sherry. I mean, it was it was like that kind of a thing that he would do. And then when you get to that part, and I would not have been able to. I love this song, and I would not have been able to name it, but for the fact that we had covered it on an episode quite some time ago. Yes, and uh, as at least a according warbler. as a. Oh, that's right. It was a one-hit warbler, and, yeah. it, and I believe you stuck me with that one. I did. Which made me listen to the song and realize that I loved it and who it was, and that would be, according to my recollection, Concrete Blonde with Joey. Yes. Nice. Very nice. So, um, X for me and yay for you. All right. Well, it's time to at least not make it any worse, hmm. uh, and I'll give you a nice little cotton ball here. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, actually, I don't want to hear I'm any complaining. Sure, I'm not sure any of them are that easy. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, fair game, but uh, um, <clears throat> okay, let me see. How can I do this one? La la la, la la la, la la la, la 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 Sorry about the ha ha's. There. <laughs> there I couldn't a, lie anymore. There was a little teeny bit that I went, oh, I know that, and then I lost it. Shoot. I, I want to give you something, but. Uh, but I know nothing? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I can't tell you. Um, the, just like one line, like, look around, leaves are brown. Uh, oh. <laughs> Easy shade of winter. Easy <laughs> shade, shade of winter. And what's the rest? It's the Bengals. I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's Easy Shade of Winter by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, no. I would have I fucked the whole thing up no, anyway. No, of course. Of course it's the same song. You can't tell from La La's which version it is. Yeah, but uh, I didn't get that. Yeah, you well, no, you didn't get it, too. But the, the, the Bengals... Uh, you know what? And I, if you know, I grew up with Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, I missed that song somehow. So when the Bangles came out with theirs, I thought, this is badass. I love this tune. Fantastic. I thought it was an original. And when I found out it was Simon and Garfunkel, I was like, there's no way it rocks like that with that riff and the, that crazy beat. No, but it is. It's just he's playing on acoustic yeah. like, uh, like Elm Treason, but it uh, really rocks. I mean, you don't think, when you think of riffs, you don't think of Paul Simon necessarily. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a rocker, and I love what they did with it. I do not. I'll do it better than Emu. I think maybe no, they did, yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, those vocals. Come no. On. Oh, please. I was going to no. do that on Emu also. There's no way. All right. I'm sorry you didn't get that one either. Gee, mm. I feel so bad. Do you? I'm so bad. So well, I'm bad. not complaining because I was told I can't. You don't even want to hear it, so I'm not <laughs> saying anything. <laughs> well, I mean, you know the song. Well, so know, that's the real complaint. I do know music. So that's if you say, do you know complaint. music? Yes, I know music, but <laughs> I didn't know that one. All right, <clears throat> we'll see if you get this one. At least let me let me catch the ball with a little sting in my hand on this one. Yeah. No, probably not. La 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 la. Why does it sound like NXS? It's not. No, it sounds like Duran Duran. No. No way, I know who it is. <laughs> I'm totally, I know the song. There's no question about it. I'm picturing a guy with a clothespin on his nose. It's one of those whiny ones that I like. No. 
Um, I told, it's probably not even a guy. Well, it's, it's not a guy. It's not even a, come on, it's got to be a guy. It's not a guy. All right, I totally give up. I totally know it, and I totally fail. It's garbage, I'm only happy when it rains. Oh, you see, I don't know that song well. That's the thing. You know I, garbage? Only a very little bit of garbage, because they... Uh, I'm only happy when it rains was all over the radio. Like Stupid Girl and the Bond theme. The world is right, not enough. And I'm only happy when it rains. I I, I totally missed it. So okay, at least I, at right. least I failed that one honestly. Yeah. Yeah, but I really tried to give you. Some, oh, I know. I know. Some, an, I'm a sure you softball. thought I would know it. Okay. I did. Now this is one that I'm kind of thinking you might get. Uh, the problem with this one really is being able to la la it fast enough. Oh. You know. La 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 la. Never gonna la, give la, la, you la, la. <laughs> See, by who else? And desert you, Rick Astley. Rick Astley. Never gonna make you, you cry. Never, Never gonna, gonna say, say goodbye. Say Never gonna tell a lie to hurt you. you. Are you kidding me? I fucking love that song. Uh, did you see the, the the memes going around the campaign posters? They were so great. It's like vote for Rick Astley. He's, he'll never you know give you up. He'll never down. give you up. I'll totally ro- vote for Rick Astley. It's Seriously. awesome. Yeah. All right, and you got Rick Rolled. Remember getting Rick Rolled? I totally. I've been Rick Rolled many a time. <laughs> many times. I'm seriously. There, I was like, I'm like, oh my god, my friend sent me something really important. Oh my god, okay, click here, because they're like, Christina, you have to watch this. It's just killed me. I don't know. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll call you right. You fucking bitch. You know, or whatever. Rick Rolled. Yes. <laughs> Um, been a while since I've been Rick Rolled. It's yeah. been a long time, but I, I'm open. I'm always open for a good Rick rolling. All right, so you got Rick. You rolled with Rick. All right. <clears throat> la, 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 I remember when this game used to be easy. It's weird. It was Virius that was hard, but this one has gotten pretty hard too. La 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 la. Ah, okay, okay. The verse, the verse totally did it. And I thought about bringing this this song and this artist up a couple times. That would be Alana Miles, Black Velvet. That is correct. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, well, um, just go ahead. I know it's gonna. You're gonna totally fuck me. So well, just go ahead and get it done. We're tied now, right? Or no? No wait. I'm sorry. You have two, right? I have two. You have one. Maybe. Okay. Well, here's another. Mm. All right. La 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 la. la oh my la, God! Belinda Carlisle, Heaven on Earth. Uh, refine the title a little bit, please. Um. Heaven is a place is on a earth. It's a place on earth. Belinda Carlisle. Right so am I on fucking Jeopardy? It has to be exact. You know what the fuck I mean. I mean, didn't we talk about I know what you meant earlier? I can't get the same break. I Come thought on. I thought it was a Jeopardy thing with this show. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, heaven is a place. <laughs> I mean, I let you go for saying bangles when it was Simon and Garfunkel. Actually, the bangles version is much more famous. You know? <laughs> fuck uh, you. All right. So, All right. Uh, yeah, Belinda Carlisle. Heaven is a place on earth. Nice. Okay, so I have one more. Ready? Yeah. La 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 la
Uh, let me see. Animal vegetable. Oh, female, right? Female. <laughs> that would be uh, Alanis Morissette. Yes. Ironic. Yes. Yes. All right. So you it, got three. You know what gave got... it away? It figures. Yeah, it figures. <laughs> it figures. <laughs> Mr. Play it safe. <laughs> it was figures. It fly? Yeah, I was going to go the. I was going to go that route in a minute. So how many did I get correct? Um, I don't know. There seems to have been an uneven number. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got two, right? You got three. I got three and you got two. Right. And you should have got garbage, I thought, but who am I? Yeah, totally. That's one of those ones everybody assumes. And uh, even when you told me what it was, it was like, uh, I didn't Uh, know that one. What was that? (laughs) Sorry, Shirley. That's all right. Shirley will forgive you. you did that Shirley. Shirley, Shirley will forgive you. Shirley, you'll forgive me. Yes. All right. That was well played. Uh, <laughs> By you. <laughs> you. Kicked you, my ass again. You, you acquitted yourself fine. It was, it was, I just pitched wrong. That's all. All right. It's time for another episode. Another episode. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. It's time for another uh, not episode. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, feature. No, feature. No, no, it's not. Not, it's even. Song. <laughs> not even. It's time for another song. And uh, on this uh, Freebird Metal Muya episode, uh, we won't repeat that again, but um, do, do, we don't want to uh, undignify ourselves. No, of course not. Before the band known as Orin, we assume it's pronounced, from uh, Hawthorne, New Jersey. Joyzy, that's my area up there. Joyzy. It is. Yeah. And But what's great about this one, and Christina and I s- thought the same thing. In fact, she said it exactly when I was thinking it while listening to the song earlier, that as hard as it is, as metal as it is, it has a chorus that is so purely pop that it makes it a uh, hundred times more accessible than it would have been. The kind of thing that, you know, you don't hear that often. I remember uh, commending Britney's Rage on the very same thing. So it is so slick, so well executed that it'll kick your ass and then stick in your head at the same time. So it'll like kick your ass into your head where it will be waiting for you uh, for uh, days to come. So, yeah, enjoy this uh, from Oren. And the song is called Brother. And uh, you found it, Christina. Tell us about the song. Yeah, I really, really like this band. I don't think it sounds like um, Heaven's Blessings. Ever's Blessings <laughs> at all. I think it's a very different sound, and I like it. It's it's uh, it's darker. It's edgier. It's uh, it's kind of brooding. Uh, it sounds, you know. Also, I feel like it's it's really. I don't know. I, I like there's starts and stops in it, and it really gets to me. There's a start, and then there's a stop, and then there's a start, and it just it, it kind of keeps you on your edge. And I really like the vocals. I think she's got beautiful tone. She's got a beautiful sound to her voice. And I like the way she uses it throughout the entire song. They actually classify themselves as alternative metal and alternative rock, which I think I get. I definitely get that. I think the symphonic comes in for you because it's female-fronted, but I don't know. I'm not getting a symphonic feel, although also kind of the darkness. But um, I think that this is something, this kind of a song with, like you said, the poppy yet edgy vocals could turn a non-metal fan into a metal fan. I really do. And I think this is a tremendous band. They are continuing to gain momentum, and I certainly understand why. All right, so let's listen to Oren, brother.
Odd Brother by Orin. Great band. Go check him out at where, though? But where? Orin Band. That's A-U-R-I-N Band on uh, Facebook. And that... uh, Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I know I'm I'm getting a new pair of glasses and uh, my vision is impaired here, but it seems to be a feature for me. Yeah, you selected this? I selected this. Yes. Like I said, dictator is... uh, Being being dictator is tough. It really is. (laughs) Uh, I I just have to say... Uh, I'm not cut out for this. It's uh, too much work. Oh all right, let's. Uh, all right, then the feature itself. Been a while now. Uh, been quite a while for this feature. It's been we, a while. We used to do it every week, but then it, it's finite. Uh, it, yes. How, there's only so many you can do when you're talking about years, and we review years in a feature called History Strikes Back. <laughs> and in this feature, as always, we travel back in time to a particular year to review bands, music, charts, and pop culture. For a randomly selected year. And let me say at the outset, before I tell you the year, we've been advised not to get bogged down with too much historical detail. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> and uh, so we shall, uh, <laughs> we shall uh, comply and, uh, and uh, cater and uh, so forth. We listen to your feedback, folks. We listen folks. to your feedback. That's it. We'll respond positively to your feedback. That's correct. In most cases. So, 1988. Oh. All right. We'll keep it brief. But 1988 is deemed to be the year the Soviet Union, remember that one, kids, officially began to dissolve. Also, this is beyond belief. In 1988, for the first time, 50% of the homes in America had, wait for it, a VCR. 1988, a VCR. Uh, home video rentals were a reality, uh, and at the movies, top box office hits were Rain Man, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, uh, Crocodile Dundee 2, Twins with Arnold and Danny, Rambo 3, A Fish Called Wanda, Cocktail, and wait for it, Die Hard, 1988. Kind of a bleak year for movies. Ouch, ouch. You know, but it is, it is going, to, it's going to come to, as a surprise to you uh, from a grumpy old dinosaur, steadfastly clinging to the 60s and 70s. But 1988 was a kick-ass year for music. It really was. Uh, actually, quite a few of the top hits that year were made by artists who began recording in the 60s and 70s. And uh, they're mostly all dead now, which is why music sucks today. But um, it's pretty impressive. They were still making an impact. So who are they? Time to break out the old, uh, <clears throat> the old egg here. Been a while. Had to blow some cobwebs and dust off the old uh, egg. But... Uh, Amazing year, and I think you know a lot of this song, these songs. In fact, I selected the ones I know you know. This one might have been alluded to earlier. Well, I guess it would be nice if, if I, I could, could touch, touch your body. body. I know, I know not, not everybody has got, got a body, body like you. And I think we determined that that was not the world's all-time greatest lyric. Not a great lyric. Opening song. No. But uh, he makes the song work, though. It's magic, though. you got to have faith. Artist from the 60s, George Harrison. I got my mind set on you. (laughs) She's over here making faces. On you. Uh, It's fun. Come on. Shiny turd. I'm sorry. No. Well, we did Rick Astley already. Uh, Never going to give you up. There's no no escaping this song. Even today, I've heard it six times this week already. Whoa, 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 sweet, sweet child, child of mine. Hi, hi, hi. No, it does not <laughs> no, do that. No, that's, that's knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> Unfortunately, I heard that one too. Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. Artist from all the way back from the 60s, Steve Winwood. Then roll with it, baby. She's she's smart. She's just roll with it, baby. You should see the lemon sucking faces I'm getting over here. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, all right, you. How about this one then? Uh, 
I can't believe this was 1988. Debbie Gibson, shake your love. I just, just can't shake your love. love. Shake your love. I just can't shake your love. I, I have such a crush on Debbie Gibson, you know. Uh, not back then, not when she was getting now. Not electric youth. I mean, electric middle age. Now that she's like older, I think. Yeah, and I just saw her sing, and it's not good. Shiny turds. Shiny turds. Oh, wow. <laughs> a legend is shiny turds a to you. A legend. Shocking. I'm not sure if she's a legend. She's a legend. Now, recently on in her own mind, Instagram, she popped up wearing a t-shirt of the band that sings the next song. And I will just sing, Pour some sugar on me in the name of love. That's the only re- legitimate reason to do it. That's right. Uh, Def Leppard, Pour Some Sugar on Me, 1988. Uh, uh, Mr. Michael Jackson. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. See, I know you know these. UB40, do you remember? Red, red, red. She had, I didn't, all I had to say was UB40, and she's yeah. got to stay close to me. Wait. Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine. You keep me rocking all of the time. <laughs> now, it is said that even there are even members of the band who did not know that was a Neil Diamond song. Yeah, it's, it's, that's an unfortunate moment in history as well. Uh, on his part or theirs? Both. Both, okay. Both, yeah. Well, I, what I did not know and was fascinating that I found out is... Neil doesn't get a pass. <laughs> well, Neil, actually, that's what his favorite cover uh, of his own. <laughs> and in concert, uh, years after that, he would actually go on and do it the UB40 way. Now, that I can't picture. I mean, that I would not have guessed that he would have done that. But yeah, uh, if, he if, loves I, it. If the Red Red Wine song was never written, that'd be cool. So, here we have, uh, I was talking about 60s and 70s. That's a song from the 60s, covered again, and we had several of those that I even skipped, like Hazy Shade of Winter was from the 60s also. Uh-oh, an, an artist from the 60s called the Beach Boys, we were discussing earlier. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. She's over here making the faces again. Wow, I guess 1988 was a really gag-worthy year after all. Horrid song. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Elton John from the 60s. I don't want to go, go on with you like that. One more just something, something on your welcome mat. <laughs> I just don't want to tell you, honey, I ain't mad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't want to go on with you like that. that. That's right. Artists from the 60s. I fucking love that song. There you go. A lot of people hated that song. Yeah, I, I can't I imagine get why. It. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it doesn't deserve to be hated. <laughs> It doesn't. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, I, I almost made it sound like it wasn't worthy to be hated. You know, not <laughs> that's not what I meant. But I mean, there's nothing about it that's really hate. I mean, I guess you know, you know it doesn't deserve to be hated, but of course it could be. So it's worthy. I mean, <laughs> but I don't get it. <laughs> it's unworthy. It's beneath being, it's hated. Beneath being hated. No, that's not what I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just. It isn't. There's nothing about it that could really be offensive it to really, anybody. Really, I mean, seriously. It's all like, right. Are you ready? On. Here's one. Kylie Minogue. Everybody's doing a brand, brand new dance now. now. More lemon sucking. Now, is that for her version? Is the, the, the whole thing the prune face for but her? But especially hers. That chugga chugga motion with her hair in a huge, like tight little oh, pony see. on the top of her hair. I just can't. I didn't see. And uh, her shiny lips. I just can't. I didn't see tight hair. No, I didn't. Yeah, no. I didn't ever saw the video. I, I don't. I might have heard her version of the song, but I'm familiar with the original, 1962, Little Eva. I mean, that's better. And 1974, Grand Funk. 
better, but still, I this song wow. just didn't need to be written. All right. Pumpkin, put a clothespin on your nose and join me for you too. Design. Yeah. You know I don't Desire. hate this song. <laughs> I fucking love you too. All right, cheap trick. A band from the 70s doing a song from the 50s. Don't be cruel. Oh, too hard. It's true. That's a, I actually really like that cover. Really? It was fun. It is good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, they got a very fine new album. I'm going to see them in a couple months. That'll be nice. Uh, all right, a band from the 70s decided they would go right direct. They would use an actual compass and, and a micrometer to get directly to the middle of the road Uh-oh. with uh, Van Halen with, How do you know when it's love? I can't tell you, but it lasts forever. As middle of the road as it gets from Van Hagar. I uh, fucking love that song. I don't hate it either, I gotta admit. I gotta admit. At least it's hate-worthy. <laughs> it's definitely hate worthy. All right, from the seventies, uh, the artist herself from the seventies, Joan Jett and the Black Heart. I hate myself for loving you. Can't get free from the things that you do. Great riff, great song. Uh, uh, from the sixties, share. I found someone to take away the heartache. <laughs> we have fun at Cher's expense here. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, 70s, David Lee Roth. This must be just like living in paradise. It's a, it's a harmless song. Very it's, cute. It's okay. I like it. It's I fun. mean, it's, you know, meh. All right. And finally, since we were in the glam and hair 80s still, we had poison. What would it be without poison, right? You know what I mean. Ain't nothing but, but a, a good, good time. time. How can I resist? Ain't looking for nothing but a good time. And it don't get better than this. this. I had to go base on that one. I didn't know. I was like, you go, man. Well, nothing but a good time. Perhaps uh, Brett Michael and the boys were presciently writing about this show, Pumpkin. <laughs> That's right. I apparently, this now, how weird is that? That I apparently think more of the music of 1988 than Christina. Right, know? and that was uh, was kind of my time. That was her time, you know? You know, just in hindsight, she I'm like, him. oh, it was kind of a shit year. She knew him, but didn't really like him all. So. <laughs> that is true. But you know what I do like? Liliac. And Liliac is a band from L.A., and they just moved to Georgia, and I'm going to talk more about them. But Liliac means bat in Romanian, and they consider themselves vamp metal. So I'll tell you a lot more about this band. So they are an all-family band. So it is five brothers and sisters from ages 13 to 22 and the song we're playing today nothing is one of three original songs so they typically play covers of metal bands they are metal through and through these kids love metal and the vocalist in this sounds like a metal veteran she sings with conviction and power and maturity far beyond her years she performs every song with a lifetime worth of conviction it's so amazing you have to see her do it her sister is holding it down on drums and is assassinating the double bass kicks. Her brothers are slaying on guitar, bass, and piano. They're already a worldwide sensation. Now, if you look up Liliac, they have their own wiki page and everything. But they want to continue to do things on their own terms. They don't want a label. They aren't seeking a label. Instead, 
They are asking for help to build their own home studio. That is why they moved to Georgia, so that they could build a home studio. Now, so far, they have raised twenty. <laughs> so far, they've raised twenty-three thousand of the eighty-nine thousand wow. they need to rebuild their studio. Three hundred and thirty-two people believe in this amazing family band, and so do I. This is nothing. All right, that was Liliac with Nothing, one of three originals. Again, they are working on many, many more originals, and they do need your help to build their home studio. Now, if you go to liliacband.com, and that's L-I-L-I-A-C-band.com, 
You can find all things Liliac, and you can donate to build their studio. That's right. Chip in and help out this uh, family of Romanian vampire bats who live in Georgia. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well put. Well said. All right. So I guess that leaves me to the final feature that was assigned to me. And that is That Took Gulls. For this feature, we discuss ballsy, bold, and groundbreaking moves made by artists like videos, lyrics, subjects, etc., record labels, producers, etc. Well, this time I chose the most ballsy person, Madonna. So Madonna, she is a fucking force. She's fearless. She's bold. She's highly sexual woman, and she has left nothing undone. Nothing. She challenged every norm. She spat in the face of religion while she shared her insatiable sexual appetite and sense of adventure with the world in song, video, words, and photographs. So many things that she introduced seem tame today. Think kissing Britney and Christina in 2003. That's like nothing today. However, at the time, she was dropped by advertisers and flogged in the media. She didn't allow the criticism to stop her from creating her art and sharing all of herself with the world. She is an artist in every sense of the word, and she has changed the landscape of music forever. For example, 1984, Like a Virgin, live on the MTV VMAs, she showed up in a sexy wedding dress and writhed on the floor to both the horror and delight of viewers. I remember that well. And in 1989, the Like a Prayer music video filled with controversial imagery, a woman being murdered by white supremacists, burning crosses, Madonna having a very deep kiss with a saint. Religious groups were not happy, and Pepsi, who Madonna was a spokesperson for at the time, dropped her from their ads. In 1990, Justify My Love video featured what has been called a graphic bisexual orgy that resulted in it being banned from MTV. So there is nothing she didn't do. And in fact, in 1992, she put out a sex book. There was no veiling what it was. It is a, it's called a sex book. So contained in this book is a series of uh, pictures of Madonna in various sexual positions and featured some big stars at the time like uh, Naomi Campbell, Vanilla Ice, and Isabella Rossellini. And of course, very, very, uh, uh, of course, a variety of others. And finally, in 2006, not that this is, <laughs> these are not an exhaustive list of crazy things she's done, but in 2006, Madonna mounts herself on a cross during her confessions tour. During her performance of Live to Tell, she attached herself to a mirrored crucifix while wearing a crown of thorns. So there is nothing she won't do to challenge the comfortability, the norms, and uh, to express herself both visually and song, sexually. She is going to tell you. She's going to give it to you. And I do think she broke down a lot of barriers in general in music. I think she, you know, paved a lot of ways for female artists to come and kind of be bold and say what they want to do and express their sexuality. Um, Madonna herself is a very talented person, but she's not as talented as people who came after her, like vocal-wise, you know, dancing-wise. She had it all at one point, and she is sort of passing that uh, very controversial baton on to others. But I think if anybody did any ballsy, bold, and groundbreaking moves, it was Madonna. 
So there's not one ballsy, bold, or brown, groundbreaking move that you're focusing. It's just a lot. It's, well, the sex book, perhaps. Um, no, but all it's just of it. a number of things. Yeah, she, I mean her whole career, an entire career of them. That's and, right. And you know, none of that would really phase me, um, except for the fact that. And there are a lot of people who want to dislike her for that and do. But the one thing that nobody can really do is dismiss her music because it's been good. And I wouldn't say necessarily progressively better, but it has been uh, constantly challenging and evolving. And it's always been good. I think the stuff she put out has always been worth listening to and meritorious, musically speaking. So Pop gold. It is pop gold. So the uh, for all of that... Uh, that would be almost a, an affront if it were compensating for her lack of uh, talent. And like you said, yeah, there are better things. We talked about this recently with yeah. Lady Gaga. But um, quality music for over 30 years, How exactly how many people can claim to have done that? Well, know? how many people can claim to do any of the shit she's done? They really can't. In any, in any way, that's and right. She just, she just really she just went for it. And you've got to appreciate her courage and her ballsiness. I just, it's... Unlike anything I've seen in my lifetime, so I'm uh, I'm definitely a fan, and that certainly took goals. It did take goals. She's got goals to spare. She certainly does. <laughs> Are we on page three? Well, yeah. Are we breaking the fourth wall? We don't have a fourth wall. We discussed that earlier. Well, if we did, it would be over there, and we'd just be like... Yeah, we'd be looking at it and saying, we're doing a show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, page three. <laughs> Not page three. Sorry, you don't care about that. I don't give a shit. You don't give a shit about that. It's the new theme. We are announcing the new theme for the next Birds of a Feather. It's a nuanced theme, is it's it a, not? It's a nuanced theme, <laughs> and it is yet another free bird, so you get to still, um, and, and we've been getting good submissions. Thank you so much for that. Yes. This one, uh, this should prove to be interesting. It to will see be. what we can get on this one. The free bird is... Reggae, ska, you get the general idea. Something in that realm. Now, what is reggae? You know, it is more complex than you might think. Uh, it originated in Jamaica, man, in the late 60s. Reggae evolved out of a traditional mento, uh, American jazz, rhythm and blues, and ska and rocksteady. Uh, mento is Jamaican folk music. I actually did not know the term. Originating in the 40s and 50s and typically features acoustic instruments like guitars, banjos, hand drums, and a rumble box. Ska originated in Jamaica in the late 50s and combined Caribbean mento and calypso with American jazz and blues. And Rocksteady originated in 1966 and can be described as half-speed ska with the trombone replaced by piano and prominent bass. Quite a path to get to what we know as reggae ska today. Really, you know. Some reggae artists, uh, for example, include Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Toots and the Maytals, Jimmy Cliff... Lino Banton, uh, Runkus, Dylan Runkus, Mortimer, and there are many more. Some ska artists include, and this is what you're more likely to hear with the young people, I think, uh, The Toasters, Operation Ivy, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, No Doubt. Yeah, No Doubt definitely dabbles into that. Uh, Real Big Fish, Fishbone, Save Ferris, my, my, my hero, Ferris. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's hero. Sublime, we had a discussion about him, and Sublime and more, and... You know, I would have to say that if your music sounds something like uh, ska and reggae influenced uh, rock like The Police, you know, Walking on the Moon, I Can't Stand Losing You, stuff like that, we'd be happy to hear it. I would just lose my mind. If your music sounds uh, like Sublime, go ahead and submit, and we'll make sure that Christina ends up introducing it. I sure (laughs) will. Happily, (laughs) I will uh, introduce it. But yeah, I'd be fascinated to see... Because I think there are a lot of acts out there who will just like to do that one song every now and then. 
and making this announcement. We're trying to beat the bushes and see who we can find because there are not a lot uh, that come to mind that we know and seen. So who out there has got a good reggae or ska song for us? Oh, by the way, I noticed a couple of weeks ago we picked up a listener in Jamaica, no less. Uh, greetings, welcome to the show, and uh, tell everybody out there to listen in. And uh, if you know anybody, not saying you gotta like reggae because you're in Jamaica, but if you do know anybody in there, and the odds are fairly high you do, tell them to submit to us, and we'd love to get them on the air. Very cool. Yes, I'm looking forward to this. And while I don't know a lot of artists personally, that is the goal, is to find new artists. So I don't need to know them, I just need you to submit it to both on air at gmail.com. And, oh no, it's that time of the show. It is parting is such sweet sorrow. Again, it's a sad time because it means it's the end of another show. But the good news is... It's the end of the show as we know it. I feel fine. (laughs) I feel fine. Uh, But there will be another show after and another show after. So we can feel good about that. But still, it brings a tear to my eye. But I'm going to give you homework for Hell Yes or Oh Hell No versus which is a little bit different. Except we just did it. Right, but this is going to be another epic (laughs) battle. Oh, another type of different. Yes, another epic battle. So we're not just sticking with the traditional. We're going to go just a little outside of tradition and continue to do verses. Who knows, maybe just one more time, maybe a lot more times. Hopefully you will actually pick a side instead of... uh, playing the uh, Switzerland role. <laughs> yes, don't be neutral. Don't, don't do be neutral. It. Don't mm-hmm. do it. So this time we are pitting Crosby, Stills and Nash against Peter, Paul and Mary. Well, which one is better? Are you in? Are you out? Um, you've got to be in on one of the two of them, I assume, at least to some degree. And uh, which one would you make? I guess really number one and then number two, right? So they're both amazing acts, of course, in their own right. So tell us which one you prefer. So now that we've given them homework and we've told them all about these great new artists, we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. This is the David show where he picked all the features. He told me what to do. And guess what? I did it. You have done my bidding and I am well pleased. That is correct. <laughs> me do good. <laughs> so it's up to you now, I think. To, uh, up to me to, oh, you mean to... Uh, Bring it home. Uh, well, you know, and it's funny you should talk about wrapping puppies in a neat little blanket because... Actually, you weren't talking about that. I wasn't. There you is, were about to. There is a puppy in this room. Uh, in the a, most beautiful puppy. He was, uh, and I'm telling you, it's been, she has been a distractive force, and that's why I've been so out of sorts to the whole show, and that's my excuse for this week. I like it. She is just a little the sweetest angel, uh, Penelope, who is in this uh, both studios west, uh, where she usually is, uh, where she usually can be found. And uh, just a, an absolute doll, and she uh, has t- quite taken to me, and I'm very happy about yes, that. Yes, indeed. So anyway, and that's, uh, let's wrap another puppy up in a neat little blanket and tell the folks that the next from What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather is a new episode of Winging It, of course, because it's one week after the show and two weeks before the next this show. And remember, uh, your, your boys are coming at you every week. Subscribe to our feed at both on air. It's B-O-A-F on air dot podbean dot com. And enable notifications so you never miss a show or subscribe and listen on your favorite platform, which include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, uh, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more, many more. And, uh, well, uh, that wraps up the, uh, the official notifications in business. So I guess <laughs> that only leaves for you to say. Let's get the flock out of here. 
This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.